So in this next section, I'm going to talk to you about why it's so important to protect your assets from long-term care. So did you know that if you do not put a plan in place and need care, the state of Pennsylvania and the nursing home will tell you that you need to spend every last penny on your care or that you will lose your home to the state. We work with families every single day to make sure that they do not lose their house or their life, life savings all while protecting what's most important, their spouse and their families. So, but what is long-term care planning? We talk a lot about long-term care planning, but what is that? It's really the process of planning for your future while you are still able to make a plan and understanding what options are available and the cost involved. By planning before you get sick, you can control what happens. We see this a lot with the families that we work with. Um, maybe we're dealing with the spouse because the other spouse, spouse got sick earlier than expected, or we're dealing with the families. And it's always such an easier process for the family if they know what their loved one's wishes are. We know these are hard things to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about this, but it is really important to communicate your wishes so we can make sure that your wishes are carried out. Now, I think it's really important to circle around to talk about what is available for nursing home care. What is available that the nursing home state of Pennsylvania can tell you you have to use if your loved one needs care? Well, I hate to break it to you, but pretty much everything's available for long-term care costs. This includes bank accounts, CDs, investments, life insurance, retirement accounts, real estate, pretty much everything that you own. And if you're married, your spouse's assets are available for your care also. That's one that we run into a lot where people think even if they're married, whether it's first marriage, second marriage, whatever that looks like, that assets are viewed differently. But unfortunately in Pennsylvania, they are not. So what can you do to protect your spouse if you're married? Well, we are really lucky here in Pennsylvania. I will say Jenna and I deal a lot with um, people in surrounding states. We work with a lot of other elder law attorneys that are in our surrounding states, and some of them are not as lucky as we are. Um, we have really fair spousal impoverishment rules here. And honestly, in a spousal situation, we can protect almost everything for the spouse that doesn't need care if one spouse needs care sooner than expected. But I have to say, and this is a huge but, as Jenna mentioned, you have to have really good legal documents in place. If you do not have good legal documents in place, you may be stuck and you may not be able to protect assets even if they are jointly owned. So what about your house? So often our house is our most valuable asset and we are worried about that, especially if we're married. Like, is my husband gonna get kicked out of his house by a nursing home or vice versa? Um, but the good news is with good planning, there are options to protect your house, even if you need care right now. But if you do not put a plan in place and you do not protect your house, the state of Pennsylvania can and they will place a, a claim against your property after you pass away for the, to the extent that they pay for your care. So it's really, really, really important to put that plan in place for your house. 
So how do you protect your option, your assets? What are your options there? I'll be honest, every plan is different. Every family that Jenna and I work with looks different. There's no cookie cutter planning that we do. It really depends on what your goals are, what your family situation is, where you're receiving care, how much care you need, your assets, your, and your income. And we really rely heavily on what your goals are too. There's sometimes where there's one very clear plan and that's what we're gonna you know, go with. But there's other times and a lot of times that we're really gonna work with you to figure out what we're recommending combined with what you really want. We want to make this a really good relationship and a good plan for you. Now, there's a lot of variables that we need to take into consideration, of course, when we're putting this plan in place. Um, I always like to compare it to a puzzle. Um, that's why I have my little picture of a puzzle here, um, because it really is a puzzle. We have to start from scratch. We have to take all the pieces and put them together. Now, with, if we're missing one piece, though, we can't complete that puzzle. So it's really important that we do not overlook anything and we figure out what that really looks like. Now, there's many tools that we use when we protect assets. Now, I could sit here and talk to you guys all day long. I told you this earlier about Medicaid and all these tools, but I will really bore you. And, and honestly, I might overwhelm you too. And that's not what I wanna do today. We really wanna give you the information that's useful and helpful to you. So I just wanna mention two of the tools that we really use most often. And one Jenna already talked about, which is trust, those irrevocable trusts. The other one is a Medicaid compliant annuity. So if you guys have looked into this at all, done any research, you've probably heard of a Medicaid compliant annuity. And honestly, I'm not gonna really dive into that too much, but really it is one of the options that if you come in and talk to us and you or your loved one already are needing care or are really close, that's something we are going to have a conversation about because it's a really good tool and strategy that we can use to protect assets and still get your loved one qualified for care. But what I do want to spend a few minutes talking about today is um, gifting and qualifying for Medicaid because you're like, okay, Kristen, back up a moment. You're talking about trust, you're talking about annuities, like isn't there this thing called a five-year look back, okay? And yes, there is. So let's talk about that. So when anybody, anybody applies for Medicaid, um, whether it's in home or in a nursing home, there is a five-year look back, which is the five years prior to your Medicaid application being filed. During the five years, the state wants to make sure that you have not gave away any assets over $500 a month. So it's not 15,000, it's not 12,000. Those are tax gifting rules. For Medicaid, the gifting rule is nothing over $500 a month. Now, if you have made gifts within the five years, the state's going to total those gifts and issue a period of ineligibility. But I just wanna clarify something. Just because you have made gifts, within five years doesn't always mean that you have to wait five years for Medicaid to then pay for your care. But, and this is a huge but, <laughs> there is a process that has to be followed and it has to be done perfectly. 
Now, I'm not going to go into the logistics of that today because I think what's important for us to be able to communicate during our time together is that just because you have, you or a loved one have made gifts in the last five years and then you need care unexpectedly, it doesn't mean you can't qualify for, for Medicaid to pay for your care. Now, there might be a period of time that you can't, but it ne doesn't necessarily mean you have to wait five years, but you definitely have to work with a professional at that time to figure out what that actually looks like. Because like everything we're talking about today, it's rather complicated and the state does not make it easy to figure out and navigate through this process. Um, but I have, but one thing I do think is really important to talk about is what happens if you have made gifts or that you've done something and now you need, or you or a loved one need care unexpectedly, um, what, what is at risk? Um, you might not qualify for Medicaid. Um, and, and more re realistically right now, what we're seeing is a shortage in beds at nursing homes. And the real risk here is not being able to be admitted into a nursing home or a nursing home of your choice if they're worried that they're not going to get paid because maybe you've made gifts in the last couple of years. So that's something that we work with these nursing homes with every single day to help them figure it out because of course they're a business and they wanna make sure they get paid. But the good news is, um, like I mentioned, with a good plan in place, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna qualify for care. We just have to figure out what that exactly looks like. I also think it's important to mention filial responsibility because um, some of you may have heard of that before. Um, this means that your children can possibly be held legally responsible to pay for your nursing home bills. And I know most families we work with don't actually want that to happen and they're really worried about it. It's not something we have to deal with too often, but it is something we do need to keep in mind when we're gifting or our children are involved. So I definitely wanna just spend also a moment talking about um, how we make gifts, if we make gifts. So I mentioned gifting, I mentioned the $500 a month, but also please know that a lot of what Jenna and I do with the families we work with every day is gifting, but we're gifting to those irrevocable trusts that Jenna mentioned to avoid the filial responsibility, to avoid nursing homes not or not wanting to admit you, um, to avoid Medicaid impacts. But there's also what we call the four Ds divorce, debt, disability, and death. So for example, let's say that you gift, let's say $100,000 to your son, and then he gets a divorce. Well, that, that $100,000 subject to the divorce. If you gift $100,000 to your son and he has creditors or he has debt, well, that, that money is now available for his creditors. $100,000 to your son and he becomes disabled and he needs some type of benefits, well, then at that point in time, he may not qualify for the benefits that he really needs. Or what if you gift $100,000 to your son and he passes away unexpectedly? Well, at that point in time, the money we don't know what's going to happen to that money. Does he have a will? Does he have a plan in place? There's just a lot of risks. And I realize that benefits, options for care and knowing what to do can be really confusing but what can you do putting a but you can put a plan in place by putting a plan in place you can control what happens if you need care who makes those decisions for you and ultimately the outcome
Now, I know that everything we talked about today can be really overwhelming. And even that last section that I just covered can, can be a little scary. But I want everybody here today to think about this. Do you want somebody else to make these decisions for you? Do you want to burden your family by not having the conversation or not having a plan in place? And I think I know the answer um, that no, we don't. We don't want to put that burden or those decisions on somebody else. I just want to take a moment and go back to Nancy, who we spoke about earlier. Nancy didn't have a plan in place. She was told that there was nothing that could be done. She was hopeless and felt like nobody was on her side. Now, thankfully, her friend told her to call us and we were able to jump into action and help her. But what if her friend didn't tell her to call us? She could have lost everything, her house, her income, her assets. Now, hopefully everybody here has a friend like Nancy, or of course you're here. So <laughs> hopefully that's a good sign. But at the end of the day, I always like to point out, but what if you didn't know? What if you didn't know there was options? What if you didn't know there was somebody like us out there to help guide you through that? There's so much to risk. There's so much to lose. So I just want to take a moment for everybody to think about what do you have to lose if you do not have a plan in place? After everything we've talked about today, I hope that everyone that's joined us gets one thing, that planning ahead is essential to make sure your family is taken care of and you do not spend any more than necessary on long-term care. So how do you avoid the family feud? How do you get from where you are right now to where you want to be to avoid this potential feud? by scheduling a long-term care strategy session. So a long-term care strategy session is a one hour Zoom phone call or in-person meeting with us. And during our time together, we're going to make sure that your estate planning documents, those legal documents are in good order. We're gonna develop a plan for your second half of life. Plus we're gonna answer all of your questions about your unique situation. And then at, our, at the end of our time together, we're going to know what documents you need. You will know what your options are for long-term care. And most importantly, have peace of mind knowing that you and your loved ones will be ready for the challenges of tomorrow. After our meeting, we'll spend time developing a written plan with all of our recommendations, work with you to implement that plan, prepare any and all legal documents, and walk you through this process from start to finish.